load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Friday to all of you. Welcome to the Steve Day Show. That would be me, Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre. They're here as well as our good friend Jordan Schachtel. He'll be joining us for a special edition of this week's Dace Group. It's not the Weekend Review. We'll tell you more about that here in a moment. And Jordan is, given the work he's done this past year, uniquely qualified to be a part of today's special panel. But first, as always, let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. Email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then if you're looking for the free speech alternatives to those platforms, look for Steve Dace on MeWe, Gab, and also parlor if you're looking for clips of the show that you can uh, view for free and then share with others go to youtube.com slash steve dace rumble.com slash steve dace show and then finally if you're looking to avoid getting a crash course in home title theft which you should because that crime can maybe ruin you financially make sure you contact our friends at home title lock because what goes on these days is cyber thieves know your home's titles are kept online so they hack them and then forge your signatures on what's called a quit claim deed to make it look like you have sold your home to them and then they take out loans against all of your equity until it's gone and often you don't even find out about it till collection calls or or worse, begin to pour in. Worse yet, neither your mortgage lender or your homeowner's insurance can protect you from this, but Home Title Lock can. And in the unlikely event you still fall victim to home title theft while a member, Home Title Lock pledges. They're going to spend up to a quarter of a million dollars in legal fees out of their own pocket to restore your home's title rightfully to you. So go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim at HomeTitleLock.com. And then while you're there, use the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. That's the code RADIO for 30 free days of protection at HomeTitleLock.com. And with that, it is time for the Dace Group. I mentioned this will be a special edition. It is not the week that was, but since this week commemorated the 15 days to flatten the curves one year anniversary, one year since the entire country was locked down, this week it's the year in COVID. And we begin with issue one, bleep, Lord Nefarious says. I was talking with our UK colleagues just today who were saying the UK is very similar to where we are now in outbreak because each of our countries have that independent spirit but we don't want to be told what to do. Well, I understand that, but now is the time to do what you're told. <laughs> and with the ventilators... <coughs> So we just had snow. I've got snow on the ground here in Michigan right now in Lansing. We're expecting, you know, up to 30 inches in the Upper Peninsula. The fact that we're cracking down on people traveling between homes or planting or um, landscaping or golfing really for a couple more weeks isn't going to meaningfully impact people's ability to do it because the snow will do that in and of itself. We're sending a lot of ventilators to India. (laughs) The kinds of investment. By what authority did you nullify the Bill of Rights in issuing? this order how do you have the power to do that 
That's above my pay grade, Tucker. I think Russia is going to need ventilators. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know the old expression about snitches. Well, in this case, snitches get rewards. We're making hundreds of thousands of ventilators. <laughs> in this country, we've taken a very liberal approach to mortality. And chocolate. Really? Chocolate. chocolate, chocolate candy. Oh, wow. And this is... This is something you can get through the mail. Okay. Run out. Now show show me. Yeah, absolutely. This is the episode of Cribs I never knew I needed. Oh, my. Wow. Other people in our family go for some other flavors, but chocolate, and then we have some other chocolate here. 37% of the doctors said that hydroxychloroquine was the most effective treatment against COVID-19. Oh, that was not a very robust study. It's, it is fair to say things won't go back to truly normal until we have a vaccine that we've gotten out to basically the entire world. I might even go so far as to say that this face mask is more guaranteed to protect me against COVID than when I take a COVID vaccine. Some states are still not issuing stay-at-home orders. I don't understand why that's not happening. It's estimated that 200 million people have died. But I am very careful and hopefully humble in knowing that I don't know everything about this disease. And that's why I'm very reserved in making broad predictions. If people want to wear a mask, uh, that is okay. It protects others more than it protects you because it prevents you from breathing or, or, or speaking uh, moistly on them. The ventilators. <laughs> ventilators. The ventilators. <clears throat> Excuse me. Gosh, I want to cut myself. I need a ventilator. <laughs> First question, Jordan, we go to you. What was the best of the worst of the past year in COVID? Oh, man, I don't even know where to get started with that. It was probably, um, you know, a lot of people don't realize this, but when the president, uh, Trump, this has set in motion the um, Defense Production Act to basically make killing machines, um, a.k.a. ventilators, that was definitely a good um point in COVID where I realized that we were just completely insane and this is going to take a while to, um, you know, get our lives back. Reassuring. Todd? Ventilators? I'm sorry. I can't remember who the guy is. You know, there's, there's bad decisions. There's bad science. But the thing below it all is that spirit of the age. What's good decisions? And good science. Well, can you answer that one for me? Got some work to do on that yeah, front. But it's be we're a not real short conversation. We're not going to get anywhere if we don't take care of the root problem, which is why I'm addressing the guy, Aaron. You'll know who he is, but who said stitches get pause? Yeah, Eric Garcetti, yeah, the yeah. mayor of rewards. LA, right? Yeah, because he didn't bumble into that like Biden or trip into that. He he planned it out, and he didn't rush through it either. He like. 
cause for effect. It's because that's their faith. It has nothing to do with the Constitution, your rights, that question about what, Tucker and the Bill of Rights. That guy actually is like, he legitimately, he was above his pay grade. Wasn't the New Jersey mayor or yeah. governor? Yeah, governor Bill Murphy. Murphy. Yeah. That guy yeah. really didn't, I mean, he, he absolutely didn't connect that's to that. That's the most truthful thing said in that entire yeah. montage the, is that the Bill of Rights is be above the governor yeah. of New Jersey's pay grade. That's at yeah. least some truth. But the guy... Garcetti, when he says stitches get that's how they are. That's he's a progressive through and through. We're gonna put our boot on your throat whenever we want to because that's the way the universe is supposed to work. And you should thank us for and, this. Abs- and that underlies the ego of Fauci and all of these bad decisions that made it almost impossible uh, for Jordan to to sort through there because that level of malevolence. And just hate for the common man runs roughshod through all of this. I, I got the feeling, Jordan, you're you're normally fairly reserved, but you sounded like a defeated man answering a question after watching that montage. You sounded like I want to go back to bed. Did I read that right? It was it was tough, you know. It, 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 uh, there were so many bad people involved there, and if I said what I really wanted to say, it really wouldn't be appropriate for the air right now. I hear you. So. You know, just one bad actor after another, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, every single person in that video, there's an argument to be made for a long-term prison sentence for that. Amen. That's there he is. That's there more he like is. it. That's why we invited him on. <laughs> Everybody gets a prison sentence. Uh, Aaron, how long could that montage have been if there were no time constraints and you had, and you, you just essentially summed up Everything we've done in the past year with some of the clips we've played. How long could that montage have actually been? 365 days. <laughs> nice. See what you did there. I was thinking yeah. maybe along the lines of 666 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, did that's... That too? Yeah, okay. yeah that's, that's right. good as well. Okay. I, I think f- for me, the juxtaposition of... Well, there's actually... There's four clips that I didn't realize I juxtaposed. There's four clips in the there. The coughing with the ventilators was just yeah. freaking brilliant every time. Yeah, I, well, thank you. I, it's just, I, I don't know what happened more last year, Biden coughing into his, <clears throat> or Trump mentioning ventilators. But the four clips juxtaposed. Um, hydroxychloroquine, that study of, I think it was 6,000 Not a robust doctors. study. It's got to be at least 6,014. Yeah. Followed by his buddy, Bill Gates. We can't go back to normal until the entire population of this, this planet is, vac- is vaccinated. Coupled with Robert Redfield. This mask is better than a vaccine. I think after that it was... Um, uh, 200 some million people will die. And then Fauci said, I'm not about making these bold predictions. I'm pretty humble. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the year in review. The Redfield there. The Redfield clip might be the worst of the entire last year. I mean, this cloth mask will protect you, will protect me more than the vaccine. That guy, trust the experts, they said, Steve. That guy ran the CDC for four years. Mm. Okay. That guy did. That guy. Exit question on a scale of one to 10. With one being how often Joe Biden has smelled the nasal swabs of the White House female staff. And 10 being how excited Lindsey Graham was to hear about anal swabs. Rank the year in COVID's total depravity, Todd. 10. Jordan? Of course, a 10. Yes, it's 12, 13, yeah, it's, um, 14. Dude, I, I, 
we're off the Richter scale here, man. Like we've, we've plunged into the sea. The San Andreas fault has mind melded with solar flares. Are you kidding me? We're done. All right. You were waiting for smog. You just needed to wait for COVID. Uh, let's get to issue two. Fauci, the fiend. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the rather anonymous bureaucrat from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, went from nobody to a residual household name almost overnight. Perhaps it's something hypnotizing about the gravelly voice coupled with the never-ending vacillation between how bad the pandemic will be and how really bad the pandemic will be. Or maybe it was his lust for the spotlight. Regardless, at times during the past year, Fauci has achieved a nearly antichristical level of presence in the American and media psyche. Fauci started off, as you well know, pumping the brakes on how scared people should be about the coronavirus. I don't think so. The American people should should not be worried or frightened by this. It's a very, very low risk to the United States. He wrote in the New England Journal of Medicine late February of 2020 comparing COVID to the flu, but then less than two weeks later declared to Congress that COVID is actually Captain Trips. It is 10 times more lethal than the seasonal flu. Then there were his comments on the masks in early March of 2020. People should not be walking around with masks. Later in the year, he announced that the science had changed. Masks really do work. There were his sweeping proclamations. As a nation, we can't be doing the kinds of things we were doing a few months ago. Followed by his assurances that he's really, really, guys, he's, he's really humble. But I am very careful and hopefully humble in knowing that I don't know everything about this disease. And that's why I'm very reserved in making broad predictions. Dr. Anthony Fauci, high priest of the Branch Covidian Church, Fiend. So, Todd, is Anthony Fauci a malevolent force, a total BSer, a narcissist who just can't get enough of all this attention, or a national treasure? Which is it? Yes. He's all for, and I, he's a national treasure in that a lot of people think so. So the scale isn't necessarily objective. But he wouldn't have gotten to this point in the conversation unless people were making bobblehead dolls and singing songs about him, you know, uh, and Brad Pitt was playing for him. So on some level, that is uh, true. It's deranged, but it's it's the world we live in. But I want to which one drives all of this? Because I think the three of them ultimately are true, but they flow out of the other one. I think fundamentally he's a narcissist. I, I think, and th- that speaks to what, you know, we live in the religion of me, myself, and I. So in that, he's not any different than the 15-year-old teenager. Nobody's who's on, more humble yeah, than me. Yes, who's on TikTok all the time. I mean, he's that's what he's doing. So, I freaking crush humility. So yeah, the, then when you realize you can be, you've been made into a national treasure, l- largely out of the gate because of you were standing next to the hated Donald Trump, it would have been interesting to see if he could have got away with all of the BS if he didn't have that foil in people's psychology, but he did. So that's why he knew he could get away with all the BSs. I have no idea if he's this been this chronic his entire life, but also he's clear. He's made me want to smoke some chronic. I'll tell you yeah, that. I don't know. Okay. But fundamentally, he's he does like he likes the happy love me instinct. You can see there's malevolence in him when. Rand Paul pushes back on him and then like, oh, oh, how dare you? So it's all in there, but I think it all is fueled fundamentally by the narcissism. Aaron, which do you think it is? Uh, I, it's the answer is yes, but I largely I largely would agree with Todd. 
Although I would say fundamentally, as far as the, the you know the foundation of Anthony Fauci, why he began and then started this way. Uh, fundamentally, yes, narcissism is is to blame. But I think it's I think over time, over the last year, it has actually changed, evolved, if you will, into malevolent BSer. I don't see to maintain the narcissism. I, I well, <clears throat> I, I to maintain the narcissism. I, I've said this many times. I think the number one thing that elites are scared of is being embarrassed. You can't help if you've been wrong, just wrong, as many times as Anthony Fauci. If you want to avoid embarrassment, you can't help but have contempt for either the facts or the people propagating the facts about whatever it is, whatever issue you're you're monologuing about. I think it's changed into that. I think his ego, I think his ego has been bruised by the facts or by the reality of the situation enough times that he's just now screw it. I'm, I'm right. I shall be like the most, I'm sorry. Uh, boy, (laughs) that just flowed right out way too easy. Um, that's, I think that's what we're dealing with now. It started as pure narcissism, but I think malevolent BSer is is really where we're at now. Now, Jordan, on this issue, I, I saw yesterday on Twitter that you went like gangland justice on these guys. So don't hold back. That's the version of Jordan I want to hear. I mean, I want frothing at the mouth because you brought the pain on this yesterday. Yeah, so I, I agree it's all of the above. Um, there's a podcast that's pretty good called Dr. Death, and the season two is all about this doctor who um, you know, was falsely diagnosing people with cancer and then putting them on chemotherapy um, because in, in the end, you, you know, spoiler alert, sorry, you find out this man's basically a crazy sociopath and he enjoys having control over his patients and even you know, they're suffering because they have to rely on him for for guidance and advice. And this guy's like, you know, killed a bunch of people and done all these horrible things. And that's basically where Anthony Fauci has evolved to in terms of his, you know, psychopathic ego and and the power that he gets, um, you know, through all this compliance and through these TV appearances feeds this very poisonous ego. Um, so yeah, he's basically the guy, you know, who, who falsely diagnosed people with cancer, puts them on chemo, harms them, does horrible things to their lives. Um, and as I talk about on social media quite a bit, just to remind people that last year was the best year of Fauci's life Hmm. and he's trying to replicate that experience. So he'll do anything he can to continue with the madness because he, 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 you know, I think down in his core, he loves it. He's never been you know, this relevant a person ever in his entire life. And he wants to, you know, get that, get that high again. That was beautiful. That wasn't bad. I agree. That was pretty good. So Jordan, what's the path out of here for him? Do you think? Because you can see in the last few weeks, the pushback has escalated. He's gotten pushback even from uh, media sources that were carrying his water elevating his brand much of the past year places like cnn nbc news for example uh there's what happened yesterday with Rand paul where Rand has asked him some critical questions in the past but yesterday just flat out cross-examined him the pushback is growing 
Now, now CDC is saying, well, we're going to get rid of the six feet of, of, of social distancing. We're going to recommend three. Um, it, it just feels like they're just retconning whatever narrative they can come up with in order to hold on to the relevancy that you talked about. But that is almost always the death throes of your relevancy when you begin doing something like that. Yeah, Fauci's being exposed as a serial liar. He's like the, um, you know, at the end of uh, Chicken Little, they find out that, you know, it was an acorn that fell on Chicken Little's head and that the sky <laughs> wasn't falling. And, you know, Chicken Little caused all of this chaos and damage to the community that otherwise would never have happened. And people will eventually find out. I think the right has already found out that Fauci, you know, is a malevolent force. Um, but you know, the, the left, even the left will eventually, I think, come to that conclusion. And, you know, people are really going to turn for him. So to protect him, you know, we should at least prosecute him and put him in solitary confinement in prison for his you know, crimes against humanity. I don't I'm not even kidding about that. I agree yeah. with you. Oh, no, I, yeah. I think yeah. he belongs in prison. I think he's one of the most. I, absolutely. Abs- absolutely. People. Absolutely. Biggest fraud I've ever seen in my career, maybe in American history, but the amount of jobs lost, lives lost. Because of his decisions, incalculable, in my view. Absolutely. I think he's a criminal of the state. I absolutely believe that. Todd, what's the way out here? Do you get the sense that he, that 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 the, his grip is slipping here? Not as much as I'm hearing from you in the past, Steve and Jordan, but I'm happy to be wrong on this. I, I've just been conditioned now to... Uh, we disagree even on uh, Cuomo. You think it's far more likely that he's gone? Yes, I do think he's gone. I, I, and I'm not, I, I, you all, your instincts on this, I hope are the ones that are right. I just, we're here a year into this and Fauci shows zero signs of the humility he lies about. He, he, he doubles down on, on double masking. Now we're going to vaccinate uh, six month olds with this thing when it's scientifically utterly unnecessary. I, I just, I'm getting used to bad things. I don't like it, but I'm getting used to it. That's a line. I'm getting used to bad things. <laughs> yeah. Aaron, what do you think? Do you sense it's gri- his, his grip is loosening? Um, just to echo something that, that Jordan said, the right has has woken up to this in mass. Although that didn't happen but in, in full, but uh, from very recently, like within the last month. Yeah, there the, are the elements. vaccination, but you still be a leper after you're vaccinated. That was, that was killed the him with the rest of the right. I yeah. think most of the base of what's left of America was at that place a long time before some in conservative media were. But uh, the, the whole right is there right now. And I, I think we're just going to we're going to come to a time where the instinct, the original instinct of the left Gosh, am I making the same mistake again? I have to think that the instinct of progressivism, I want to, is going to kick in. Right now, it's I want to be ruled. At some point, it's going to be I want to go to the club. I want to go to a baseball game. I want to, I want to, I want to. That is going to, that's not going to kick in, is it, guys? <laughs> well, I know. I don't know. hard. In the last couple of weeks, Disney announced Black Widow is going to maintain True. its the release date yesterday. I can't remember which studio it was announced that they were actually going to move up the release for the latest fast and furious film. Disney also said you can't scream on roller coasters. No, this is the level of insanity we're talking but, about, but, but people want their lives back. That's what the school battle is about. And these blue state governors, you know, go back to the conversation we had yesterday with, with Vivian Zayas about Andrew Cuomo. The reason why they they want, need, have the sexual harassment allegations 
is because they can all pin those things directly on him to get rid of him for what he's the what he's the worst baggage against them for, which is what he did to the nursing home uh, folks. But the problem is he didn't do that himself. He gave the order, but those orders had to be carried out. You, you, if if, you, if we're going to get rid of Cuomo, you got to get rid of whole layers of the New York State public health. Uh, bureaucracy along with them that well, carry those things and out federal because you've connected the dots yep. from Cuomo to Fauci. So if you if you just nail if you just nail Cuomo for sexual harassment, then you can just say he's a singular bad guy, but the rest of my crony buddies yep. in the bureaucracy can all stay. Similarly, these blue state governors are going to need some rationale, some bad guy. Who did we all listen to? You get where I'm going with this, Jordan? Who are when when, when as more and more of the red states get more and more open. And more and more, yes, every branch, every branch Covidian is a Democrat, but not all Democrats are branch Covidians. So the rest of the Democrats that do want to get back, that want to go watch the Braves play in a full stadium on opening day, as they just announced, for example, the rest of those people, they're going to start clamoring like, like a lot of those Karens are to their blue state governors right now, reopen the damn schools, I'm sick of my kids. Someone's got to be the, 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 the deflector beam here, or deflector shield. Where do I deflect my blame for why we're behind reopening our schools and everything else from Florida and the rest of these states? I need someone to blame. And it's got to be a singular figure so that no one else goes down with him or has to explain their actions. Seems to me the singular figure you blame, Jordan, is Anthony Fauci. He's 80. He's got a nice pension, nice life. No one cared who he was before this is over, before it happened. No one's going to care about him after it's over. He holds no elected office. You just, if you're a blue state governor, you just put it all on him and say, hey, he's the reason we didn't open up sooner than, he's the reason your kids didn't go to school this entire year. You blame him. What are your your thoughts on that? I think it's possible. You you saw what they did with Deborah Burks, who was, you know, Fauci was her mentor. They were Mm -hmm. very close. And then when they went after Burks um, for her little vacation mishap, she resigned immediately and then, you know, cried her way out of public office. And I'm sure she's like doing something for $10 million a year for Bill Gates now. So you don't really have to feel bad for her. But with Fauci, I think, you know, there are avenues for an opening there. Um, It's just tough because right now I think so much of the left is still, you know, very much members of his cult and in you know new york city dc chicago la san francisco people revere fauci as like this god so i think that will take some time but if you are a smart um state governor and you're on the left and you know you you have a collapsing economy you have to eventually get back open you know the people are going to turn against you so you need to find a villain i think i think if democrat governors in places like kansas kentucky north carolina you need someone to deflect off of and blame on your predicament so it doesn't fall on you. You blame him. Because you know what? Most of the people in Kansas, North Carolina, and Kentucky don't like Anthony Fauci anyway, regardless of how they voted. Anyway, exit question. If the American people's opinion of Fauci in the next six months were a Huey Lewis and the News song, and Jordan is wondering who the hell is that, um, which Huey Lewis and the News song would it be? A. I want a new drug. B, stuck with you. Or C, walking on a thin line. Which do you think it is, Aaron? You know, I'm feeling benevolent today. I'm going to say C. Walking on a thin line. Todd. B, stuck with you. Jordan. I'll go with A, just so you can, um, you know, break the tie. All right. Actually, you guys have three, so you broke the tie. You did it. So I'll just... There you go. I like it. You guys all chose the, the the various answers we offered there. You know, we've been talking about rough greens for a while now for your pet. 
And it's a powder that you sprinkle over your dog's food. It's really simple. But what's not simple, uh, unfortunately, is that your pet's food that you're buying at the store probably is missing the vitamins, minerals, nutrients, uh, amino acids, pre-probiotics your pet needs. That stuff is stripped out of a lot of the pet foods these days for mass consumption and production. Same thing happens to the people food. That's why we take so many supplements these days. That's why, thankfully, now there's a supplement for your dog called Rough Grants. But you might be worried. Hey, maybe my dog won't like it. Well, our dog Cap loves this stuff, but who knows? Maybe amongst the canine population, it is an acquired taste. So one way to find out if your pet will acquire it or not, we just give this to you for free. Just go to roughgreens.com. That's all you have to do. Pay for the shipping. All right, you pay for the shipping. We will give you the bag, the 14-day jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your dog in a couple of weeks or less and if your dog doesn't take to Rough Greens. Roughgreens.com is the website, R-U-F-F, for roughgreens.com. You just put it, the powder, mix it in with the food your pet loves already at roughgreens.com or give them a call, 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, when we come back here, we will continue the year in COVID. Where is America headed to herd immunity or a herd mentality? We'll get into that and more next. the truth no matter where it leads the steve day show whether it's back knees neck or shoulder pain for me it's a left hip flexor unless you've got a a real injury and if you do go get professional medical help but chances are if that's not what it is that stiffness that soreness is the underlying result of inflammation in the body and you got to defeat that inflammation or it can cause even worse damage that's why you're looking for a product called Omega XL, backed by 35 years of clinical research. Omega XL will attack the inflammation that is causing that pain. Hey, the the topical rubs, the pain relievers, they do work in masking the symptoms, but they don't deal with what's causing those symptoms in the first place. That's why you're using them constantly, because eventually the systems come back. That's why you want to go with Omega XL to attack the inflammation at its source. And if you want to give it a shot, it's a product that I use on a daily basis. You can right now buy one bottle, get a second one for free. So buy one, get one free when you visit OmegaXL.com slash Steve. That's OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or give them a call at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. All right, back here with our good friend Jordan Schachtel here on a Day Group Friday. It is our look back at the year in COVID, and let's get to issue three, herd immunity versus herd mentality. If I would have told you two or three years ago, even with local, state, or in some circumstances, national mandates, that upwards of 80% of the population of this country would one day start wearing what amounts to a dirty diaper on their face— I'd be out of a job, likely donning a straitjacket and sitting in a padded room. But that's where we are in less than a year as the Chinese face diaper has reached a level of ubiquity in our population hitherto unknown. 
Probably the most powerful daily reminder for Americans that critical thinking has been replaced with groupthink and common sense replaced with a cult-like devotion to a religious talisman. Perhaps no other story in the past year illustrates the deep proliferation of herd mentality than this survey conducted by Kecht CNC back in July, showing some truly astonishing figures on just how worked over the American population is when it comes to the virus. Back in July, Americans in this poll said they believed 20% of the country had been infected with the virus. At that time, that was 20 times the number of confirmed cases in the U.S. Americans also believed that 9% of the population had died from the virus, a number 225 times higher than the confirmed deaths at that time. When the institutions almost in unison tell you it's the Black Death, turns out our country really thinks it's the Black Death. Todd, true or false, the biggest thing COVID-19 has revealed in this past year is how many people living here in America just aren't interested or capable of being Americans any longer. I'd say false. And I, I was pretty convinced of that before we had ever heard of a COVID. Uh, I think the biggest revealer is how then in the face of a, a, a genuine crisis no matter what you think about covid it 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 was that on some level at the beginning that the expert class medicine uh the bureaucracy uh, across the board journalism all of that it in almost all cases it's it's Rahm Emanuel don't let a good crisis go to waste and not follow the truth wherever that leads i mm. think how how that, because I, we, listen, we knew we were shit. That's why we were saying, once you believe in transgenderism, you're going to fall for anything. So here we are. But the, the degree to which there's not, not, we just got done talking about Fauci, that, that there wasn't a, okay, now time to just do my job. This is what I was here for. No, it's about the self-aggrandizement. It's about manipulating it for your cause or whatever cause you can. Hmm. I think that. Because at some point, I think all of us would have thought, we're, I think we're less surprised that we're sheep. But that how malevolent, even in the face of a genuine crisis, the hatred for those sheep are by the so-called expert class. Jordan, good, that's a good answer. Jordan, true or false, the biggest thing COVID-19 has revealed in the last year is just how many people living here in America just either aren't interested or capable of being Americans any longer. How would you answer that? I think that's true. I think it's it's a very, it's a really sad thing, but... Um, America as a whole, the Anglosphere as a whole, does not value liberty anymore, at least a significant portion, if not the majority of our populations. Um, you know, I thought that when all this craziness was happening in China and in Europe, that at least there would be a little bit of resistance in the United States, but there wasn't any resistance. Um, we are simply right now a nation among nations. And, you know, what does that say about our future and, you know, how policy is going to guide us? I think it's going to take a lot of people to think about this, um, you know, on a global scale. It we have to redefine, you know, what is a free country and what is a dictatorship and what is something in between? Because some people were just willing to surrender what was left of their liberties, um, you know, in order to supposedly fight a virus. I don't think that America has any of its real constitutional foundations anymore. 
the Constitution is simply acting as a you know as a document that people use for political purposes. Um, so you know, in terms of this national you know resistance to tyranny, it's just simply not there anymore. Hmm. Sobering words there, Aaron. How would you answer the question? I'd say it's. I'd say it's true. Uh, it's. We're so far down the rabbit hole. This is what I was agonizing about during the last segment. I'm making this mistake again, which I said was the biggest mistake in my thinking that I made during the entirety of last year. I figured that Americans' uh, addiction to decadence, largesse, would eventually, within just like a couple of months, really, win the day. Say, you know what? We did this for a little while. I, I want my ball games back. I want this back. I want that back. I want to go to the bars again. That. I figured that that would win the day, but it didn't. It didn't. Um, either for for one reason, they just like being told uh, and controlled, or two, they lack the fortitude to stand up to this. And and lacking fortitude really is. Um, it can be can be uh, can be correlated. Let's say with not really having the ability to critically think Mm -hmm. or not having the will to critically think. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's whatever the reason was, whatever the reason is in some places, it's not good news for the future of the country because if you want to be self-governing, you got to what? (laughs) Self-govern. You got to do that instead of waiting for Eric Garcetti to tell you it's okay to snitch on your businesses, to wait for your governor, Phil Murphy, to tell you that, uh, I don't know, uh, Bill of Rights barely knew him, Uh, to wait for Gretchen Whitmer to say, no, you can't do landscaping, you can't plant gardens, you can't do any of these things. You guys remember last year, at this time, if not a little bit later, if you went into Target or Walmart, even here in Iowa, it was a corporate policy. You go into Target or Walmart, all the sections of the stores that were blocked off because they were non-essential. Hmm. It's just, just madness like that just went on unabated all year with, with few exceptions. Hmm. So I think we have to have, and I'll make this point, and Todd and I will stress this point several times in the book we have coming out on Anthony Fauci. I think, Jordan, we have to have a 9-11, and I'm talking to friends of mine and people I know in the Senate, in the House. I think we need to have a 9-11 type of tribunal about this. One, to figure out how the hell we let this happen in the first place. But then two, should indeed the time come in the future, because we've done this now on the backside, should indeed the time come in the future that's something that does justify having a real existential conversation between our basic survival and our predilections to want to be free should that happen in the future we've now conditioned a, a, another wide swath of americans to just completely reject that and not believe it because of how much they got lied to this time around i, I think we've got to we've got to have a 9-11 style tribunal here about what the hell went on for the past year agreed um and it, and it starts you know with this information operation out of china and why our officials were so, you know, willing to believe all the nonsense that was being spewed out of Wuhan in the first place. You know, I, th- I think a, a starting point for a 9-11 type commission, I think so many people on social media and, you know, in Congress and elsewhere are focused on, you know, the origins of this virus. But I've been pointing out 
um, a lot over you know the past few months specifically is that you know the origins of the information operation is so much more important because it's more so to me we have to find out you know what exactly happened that led you know to this type of moment where all this panic confusion and chaos ensued and you had people like Fauci you know getting in charge of you know all of our institutions had the keys to the White House but to find the origin of this is so important. So, you know, I would like to see that happen in addition to, you know, something like a reverse Patriot Act to uh, have more protections in place. But of course, that comes with um, at least winning some congressional seats uh, next year. Jordan, really quick, since you went there, do you think maybe at first, like when they were telling the WHO and they were tweeting in January of last year, there's no human to human transmission that China was hiding this going well into last fall. They were faced with uh, unique challenges from a trade war with the U S under Trump to uh, unrest in Hong Kong. This would be the worst thing to come out uh, to really threaten uh, further threaten their, their place uh, in the, in the global sphere. So you, you keep this quiet and well into the fall, well into the winter until you can't contain it anymore. But once it got out or once we acknowledged that it was out, around the rest of the world. Do you think that, that you mentioned their information war? Do you think they way overestimated the seriousness of this way overestimated the mitigation strategies in order to do damage to the rest of the world? Yeah, I think it was absolutely a purposeful campaign. And you can see this by um, the, the social media chatter that was coming out in January, February, March of last year, specifically with these staged incidents involving relatively young, healthy people um, falling sick and supposedly dying in the streets due to COVID-19. That, to me, is like a huge red flag that it's an obvious um, propaganda operation run by the Chinese government because it was coming out on uh, American social media channels that are banned in China, like you know Twitter, Instagram, Facebook that they don't even use in China. Mm-hmm. So how are these videos coming out? How are mm-hmm. these supposed whistleblowers? The the severity of the virus, um, they they played that that game perfectly. And, you know, it resulted in a lot of destruction. And, you know, that's my firm hypothesis is that the Chinese government purposely hyped it. So and they continue to do so, by the way, with the, the, the vaccination campaigns and stuff like that and saying, you know, that everyone can't be open until they're vaccinated. But China has been open for a year without right. much vaccination going on at all. So, yeah, it's just one giant um, propaganda information operation for China to kind of, um, you know, overwrite what the U.S. is doing on the global stage. Exit question. If the future of the masquerade six months from now were a Foo Fighters song, which Foo Fighters song would it be? A, Everlong. B, All Stick Around. Or C, The Pretender. Todd. Everlong. Jordan. Pretender. Everlong, because it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Issue four, the COVID vaccine. And we just have a simple question to ask each of you here. Are you going to take any of the current COVID vaccines? Yes or no? And why? Aaron? No, because I'm in an age range. I don't have any autoimmune conditions um, to the severity that they would... Uh, necessarily um, um, caused me to be in, a, in an at-risk demographic for succumbing or serious illness to this disease. That's primary, just primary. I have an immune system. That's that's the reason. Secondarily, 
Uh, I understand the science behind the mRNA vaccines. I, I get that. It's, it's kind of interesting. Uh, but at the same time, if you can't look me, and I say this about basically every vaccine as well, you know, if you can't look me in the eye and guarantee with 100% certainty that, uh, that they're not going to harm me, then you need to give me some grace. Sorry, you, you got to do that. That's not to say that um, I was never vaccinated. I was, and I'll probably have my kids vaccinated with some some vaccines as well, uh, just not the COVID uh, one, maybe not yet, but um, I, I don't need it. And uh, it's still experimental, so I don't really see any reason to to risk that. Todd, do I even need to ask you your answer to this question other than just a simple flat no? Well, it is a flat no, but you might. if this thing really was Captain Trips, even though my children aren't vaccinated and my wife isn't, I was, I grew up getting vaccinated, uh, but this would be the one I'd most likely get vaccinated for if it really was what many of the mm-hmm. expert class has insisted it must be. But it's not. It's not anything close to that. It's less lethal to me and about everybody younger than me in good health than the flu. So why on earth would I do this? Jordan, same question to you. Go ahead quickly, please. Uh, no, I, I do not intend on ever getting vaccinated for COVID-19. Um, I, I have, I've always gotten vaccines in the past, but um, I feel no need to try, you know, an experimental vaccine um, when I'm hearing about these side effects from people in my, uh, you know, age bracket that aren't threatened by COVID. So, so why bother? Let's get to predictions. Your one COVID prediction, Todd. Well, this does relate or COVID related prediction. Yeah, this does relate to masks and why I think it's not going anywhere. It's because of that pull to get back to normal, but that's this balance, this trade off that all of us have figured out in our own lives to some extent. But because of New York, Chicago, the big cities, uh, kids are going to be wearing masks in those school districts all year, next year. Jordan? New Zealand will not be open until 2022. (laughs) That's actually a fairly optimistic prediction, the way that country's going right now. Aaron? Um, Similar to how the Hunger Games were a reminder for all of the districts never to cross the capital again, <laughs> I I believe that in the major cities in the United States, so like the top three to five population centers, for the next five years, you're going to have to have either a vaccine or immunity passport to enter or leave from those cities. They have wow. to have progressive spirit of the age. They got to have some lasting win from this. I mean, right now, the vaccine, I, so I can't go to a bunch of dirtbag foreign countries I don't want to go to anyway, and then a bunch of blue cities that are just basically sewers. Yep. I'm going to need to be threatened with something, I think, a little bit more meaningful. <laughs> All right. Uh, my one COVID prediction, Anthony Fauci will retire by the end of the year. I think that the lockdown uh, momentum is only going to become more prevalent and they need a scapegoat in a lot of these other places. Someone's got to be the blame for why they're still doing this and why they are going to stop. And I think it's going to be him. Jordan, good to see you as always, brother. Thank you for joining us here on this special edition of the day scoop. All right. Have a great weekend. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You bet. We of course will be back here with hour two with feedback Friday here in a moment. It'll be your turn to guide the conversation. Stay tuned. listening to Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.
truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Day Show. Back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. Here on a Friday, this is Steve Dace. Alongside Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is how to email the show. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. You can also let us know what you think about what we think on the free speech alternatives to those platforms. Look for Steve Dace on Parler, MeWe, and Gab. If you want clips of the program to watch for free, share with others, we hope. YouTube.com slash Steve Dace and then Rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Also, if you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. We ask that you also show your gratitude back to us, though in return by hitting the uh, subscribe button on any podcast platform you utilize, leaving us a five-star review on any podcast platform you can, but especially iTunes. The more of those we get, the more it helps the podcast to grow and also helps our bankroll to grow because it pleases the benevolent overlords here at The Blaze. So thank you to the thousands of you that have done those things for the program already. You know, the mainstream media and big tech are working tirelessly right now to cover up the corruption of the Biden family and Hunter Biden, but now you've got a chance to help make the story be heard around the world. The filmmakers behind the Gosnell movie have announced a brand new project, a feature film called My Son Hunter, that will expose the Hunter Biden scandal. You can learn more at MySonHunterMovie.com. MySonHunterMovie.com. The movie is going to tell it all. Hunter's wild escapades, uh, the contents on that laptop, his shady foreign business deals, even those ties to China. Uh, but these independent filmmakers, they need your help. Hollywood doesn't want to fund a movie like this for obvious reasons. It's too controversial. It exposes the truth behind some of their favorite people in politics. That's why they're going to bring this film directly to the people to be funded by you. Your gift of 10 50 100 bucks or more can help to expose the most corrupt family in politics since the Clintons. Your donation also 100% tax deductible. So please go to MySonHunterMovie.com. Again, that's MySonHunterMovie.com right now to make your donation. All right, let's get to some feedback Friday. You guys ready to go? Yes. yes. All right, let's go. This is from Steve. I heard you last week talking about male competitiveness. That we all see things through the prism of what are the rules, who am I playing, and how do I win? It rang true, but didn't think much about it until something struck me in my own life. A month ago last Friday, I had my prostate removed for prostate cancer. Very successful surgery, and all the cancer was contained in the prostate. I'm now considered cancer-free, praise God. However, there are two long-term compli- two long-term complications with this surgery that all men have to deal with. Number one, incontinence. And number two, erectile dysfunction. The earlier it's caught, the less that it has spread and the healthier you are before surgery, the more temporary these things are. I'm only 60, which is young by prostate cancer standards. I'm in very good health, so my prognosis is very good on both ends. My my doctor told me that the incontinence should resolve in one to three months. I currently have to wear a pad to catch leaking. I came up with two names for them. A masculine nap, napkin or a man pond. What do you think? I like man pond. You guys like man pond? What do you think? And you and I are going to be wearing these soon, Todd. So what, which one do you like better? I, I, I like man pond. Um, I'll circle back to you on that one. <laughs> Best use of that yes, so it, far. Yes, it is. 
They told me the erectile dysfunction will take longer from one to two years to come fully back online because of the trauma to the relevant nerves in removing the prostate. As part of the process to help this, I have to do something called erection therapy, which as therapies go, I guess, is one of the best therapies that can be prescribed. Here's where the competitiveness comes in. I love this note. That's why I'm sharing it. Here's where the competitiveness comes in. I realized this weekend that I had the following attitude for both of these issues. I find myself thinking, I can beat those times. I'll be back to normal faster than the other guys. Who knew incontinence and erectile dysfunction could be made into a competitive sport? He's a gamer. He is. He's a dude. That's a dude code right there, though. <laughs> Everything is has to, Everything's a competition. Yes. Yes. So I like that note. I thought that was funny. And that's a great way... That is a great way to try to make lemons out of some lemonade there, man. To come up with some way to push yourself in what's an otherwise, you know, um, inconvenient situation. Obviously, it could have been a lot worse. The cancer's mm-hmm. gone. That's the highest priority, right? But a couple things that are important to dudes. Uh, right now, he's got to retrain his body on. So... I like the idea of turning that into a competition. The other reason I wanted to share that note is, again, you and I are getting close to that age now. Those may be some things we might want to remember a little bit later on, my friend. Well, he's an inspiration for us all. (laughs) He's an inspiration. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, Theodore says, due to the nature of my profession... And trying to avoid giving you too much information to protect my students, I'll just say that I teach in a state other than Iowa. The other day, you guys gave a very troubling and sobering graph depicting the heightened increases in teenage suicides and so forth. Since last year, I've experienced countless scenarios with my students acting like depressed zombies, seemingly incapable of dealing with their new reality. Currently, I'm teaching full time in class as well as teaching students via virtual or teaching students virtually if their parents opted to keep them away from school. What I've observed has been disturbing and akin to extinguishing the flame of childhood for our younger generation. In an attempt to just give you a small sample as to what I've experienced as a teacher, Check this out. Former college students contacting me about their depressed state of minds from being held hostage in their dorm rooms. One student dealing with a failed suicide attempt from his 12-year-old cousin. Most recently, one of my very own students recovering from her own failed suicide attempt. What I can't understand is how our school leaders and political representatives can allow this to continue occurring. Since all of my students understand that they are not going to perish from the Rona, but they are... Well, all of my students understand that they are not going to perish from the Rona, but they are all definitely seeing their childhoods perish. So I want to get your perspective on this because you've got kids. Now, I've got a kid in a regular school, but he's at Des Moines Christian, which is a fantastic school, but it's a private school. You've got kids in the public school system. So what's your perspective on this note from this teacher, Theodore? Well, every school district is so different. I'll tell you what, I I would not have guessed that mine was prepared to be as strong and resilient as they have, considering the pressure both on the national and local state stage from, you know, just their peer culture. So, you know, and and in talking uh, to my daughters, uh, we, we just got talking about gamers. This entire district seemingly has been filled largely uh with gamers um adult and child alike 
So I think so much of it just has to do with the signals you're getting from everybody on you. Now, my kids, this is where you know they, they've wore masks, and that's the balance, like I said earlier. Uh, I don't love it, but I realized there was no way they were going back to school unless they did that. And and yes, I they've gotten stri- a couple of them got gotten strep throat and it's largely because of that, but also they've had great experiences this year. They've been it's been large they've learned. They it's they've been largely filled with joy. They've done all the sports and things uh like that. But um th- this letter writer absolutely has it right where the, we can't possibly know until we get down the road, how this has rewired people. I, I, I don't think we can fully understand the degree to which we've manipulated our psychological and emotional DNA. We're mm-hmm. a very, very, we were a very, very broken species before this. We need to explain, I think, why that's the case. And, and I, I believe it's because we are we are saying your mere existence a primary function that you and i need to perform to exist breathing um gets in the way of my ability to exist so it's okay for me to dehumanize you provided you also get to dehumanize me both sides of this equation are dehumanizing each other. We are reducing the ex- human existence to a mere survival rate over something, by the way, that doesn't help us to survive anyway. Again, there, there may be times where you have to do that in human history. We've lived through some dark places in human history, right? Mm-hmm. Cast out of the garden. We killed God. The Dark Ages. Inquisitions. World War II. We, the, bombarding trenches of mustard gas in World War I. There have been some real antietam. There have been some dark, dark chapters in all of human history that survival was really all we could aspire to just to get the hell out of that situation alive. Mm-hmm. Fair? Yeah. Okay. This isn't one of them. But we're treating it like it is. Right. And in this case, we're, we're saying you're breathing or living, existing, is in the way of my existence, which isn't true, but that's what we're saying. So therefore, in order for me to accommodate your breathing so I can continue to live, I need to dehumanize you. And then you need to do the same to me. And then there's a group of us that are saying the data shows Number one, this particular contagion isn't worth this level of dehumanization in the first place, number one. But then number two, the data shows it doesn't even help with what you think it does anyway. So this whole thing's pointless. Which then causes both sides of the dehumanization equation to then want to dehumanize us. Because we, we, we stepped on an idol. And that's that's what I think that's the cause of what you're describing. What are your thoughts? No, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, it's because we were so broken, uh, so many fictions, cancerous fictions in our life. Uh, progressivism is cancer. That, as I've been saying for a long, long time, then when this comes upon you and the level of manipulation kicks in and it's the John Kerry picture. Like these guys don't really believe 
that the Black Death is around them. He's that guy is. Nor does he really. It's clear he that guy doesn't believe in the global warming stuff either. That the whole thing is mm-hmm. a constant scam. He believes so much in global warming. He is he is he has probably built the largest carbon footprint in America, yeah. or at least in our government, because the president doesn't go anywhere because he's got dementia. So he believes so much in that yeah. that he's constantly on an airplane. Yes. He believes so much that in the, in the science of masks, as he sits in the first class section, he's not wearing yes. one. Yeah. So with the under the auspices of he you healing us healing everything yet it's really been about manipulating you us and everything that for for a lot of people again adult and child who came into this still thinking believing in the best of us and that we were really all in this together mm-hmm. their, their ability to connect dots in the future about reality are it's going to be very, very challenged because the the, the reality uh, and this year have had very little in common. Yeah, they're on not. Most days. They're not. Then diagramming right right now. Would you like some dystopia? Of course, always. I'll, I'll give always. you some dystopia. Imagine if you will. We have an entire generation of school age children now who are old enough. To form memories that will last mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Who came in, who were, you know, it's been a year now. They're, they they don't remember. Some of them will remember things and not remember uh, a time when there was not masks. A few of them anyway. Now, eventually, eventually, those kids, when they grow older, um, and it's not maybe too much longer from now... Um, they'll stop wearing masks. But at the very nascent stages of their cognitive development, of being aware of the world around them, they are being taught to fear, and as you put it, dehumanize others. Right now, for little kids, wearing that mask is like putting on your clothes. It's yep. something you gotta, yep. you got to wear now. That is very, very dangerous. Yep. What separates America, say whatever you want about the big gulps at 7-Eleven, say whatever you want about the American-sized this or that, those are just stupid European tropes of America that are true but are stupid because we're America and you're not, blah, 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 blah. One thing, one thing the entire world says about America when they come and visit here is that we're very, very friendly people. We are. We're just, for the most part, that's just in our nature. We're raising an entire generation of kids who are now looking at each other as vectors for yes. diseases. Yeah. And you know what that means? When you're constantly on tilt, just by your very nature, just within you, when you're constantly on tilt about the other, you are increasingly manipulatable. That is very dangerous. Very, mm-hmm. very dangerous down the road. Increasingly manipulatable. Let's just say that there's... Um, Another group of kids, a very, very small group of kids who didn't have to wear masks. Their parents didn't believe in masks because they don't work. And they were taught masks don't work. And they are a they are just a talisman. They're just a, a Chinese face type or what have you. Those kids in other areas of life are going to be more likely to question things. Yep. yep. And the very kids who were wearing the masks, who grew up wearing the masks will be easily able to be conditioned that those guys are the other. 
that's, that's a great very point. dangerous. That's a great point. They so they come to Jesus and they say, you know, teacher, what what is the greatest commandment? And he says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is so we've already turned to the first one as a culture. Right. Mm-hmm. We've already turned on that first. I mean, you can get court martialed in the military today for praying in Jesus' name. All right. So we've already turned on the first one. But what's the second one? And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now we've reduced our neighbors to virus vectors and um, dangers to my, and impediments to my, be, my being able to, to live. That's not good. In case you were wondering, is that good? It's not good. Not good. Valerie wants to know where is the homosexual community? They have some, a lot of them have adopted children. I would assume some of them are daughters. How do they feel about a man identifying as a female competing with their daughter, dressing with them in a locker room or um, going to the bathroom with them in the next stall? I'd love to hear someone in the gay community address this. Well, you actually have heard a couple of people. Uh, whether it's our own Dave Rubin or Andrew Sullivan, it's been fascinating to watch Andrew Sullivan in the last few years. Because in many respects, he is as responsible for the mainstreaming of this, um, for at least some proto version of the rainbow jihad. I mean, he was its greatest thinker. He was, or at least its first one to reach mainstream cultural acclaim. And now he's like, um, y'all crazy. Because I think for people like him, this was really about, I want my desires and behavior affirmed. Meaning I, I want what I want the same things of normalcy in Americana that are granted to everybody else granted to me and my relationships and behavior too. And some of us tried to warn him. It won't end like that. The, the, the acknowledgement the, or the validation on the level that you're asking won't be satisfied with accommodation. It will only, only accept revolution. And now here we are. And now here we are. There was a great, there was always going to be a cost paid for this. And we're going to pay it right now. Yeah, one of the great i didn't i mean he's the uncle tom of the of the rainbow jihad now andrew sullivan is and he helped start it he's he's not alone one of the greatest female athletes of our youth was martina Martina navratilova yeah and listen i didn't play tennis i never watch tennis now but back when we were kids when the u.s open or wimbledon was on I, i would watch tennis back then you had you know jimmy connors and john mcenroe and, and she was Borg the first and, and, out yeah. star athlete i ever remember yeah and yeah. you had and you had her and uh graf uh steffi graf, steffi graf yeah. and uh um it was a po- you know appointment television and and she came out and saying hold on a second here and she was dragged she's a pioneer at this mm-hmm. it, so this begs the question if if they can treat her like this what do you think they're going to do to you? And this is what, you know, it's, this is the, this is where Steve talks about the spirit of the age when they don't even have any street credit. We're talking about powers yeah. beyond this earth. Yep. That is hell yep. growling and reaching up and grabbing whatever it wants to. Yes. There's, <clears throat> there's, there's our basic sinfulness 
Yeah. And and that that desires to not face accountability. Okay? It's in me, it's in it, you. It, yep, yep, it's in Andrew Sullivan, yep. it's in Martina Davratilova. And you can still you can and, and some of these are people that can do great ministerial or philanthropic things and then and then you sit back and just and figure out how do I square that with all these other things about you that are noble and then you got to look in the mirror and realize we can all say the same thing yes. about ourselves and you, you and everyone else. There's there's the desire for us to not have our sin called what it is, but instead to have it rationalized and affirmed. That's the human condition since Genesis chapter three. And we are all wrestling with that until the day they put us in the ground. Okay. But then there's a spirit of the age who, who, and and what the spirit of the age says is that you shouldn't have to wrestle with any of that at all. This idea, the, the fact you're wrestling with it, you're attempting to reconcile it. You're a fraud. Let it out. Let the freak flag fly. Let it all go. Who's here to tell you no? And, you know, I remember several years ago after the Windsor decision, the first gay marriage ruling, Andrew Sullivan went on his blog and say, hey, this is a momentous day we should celebrate. You know, that we're, we're, we're being given the acknowledgement as a community that has long been overdue. Let us not become like those uh, Christian theocrats we've been up against, that now that now that we're now that we have the power of the law behind us, when we go out there and try to stomp on people for their religious beliefs or if they don't agree with us, dude, this I remember you guys weren't here then. We were doing the nighttime show at Salem at the time. It was still me, Jen, and Rebecca. We were reading the comment section live on the air from his blog. They called him everything other than a gay Uncle Tom. What what you, what, you mean? You wanted accommodation? You wanted recognition? No, we want vindication we want an inquisition that's what we want and it was always going to end like this it was always going to end like this no one was no one we had 31 states that passed marriage amendments and yet in none of those states anybody that was gay that claimed they were married nobody was in jail for it why were those amendments passed to avoid and try to keep at bay the very spirit of the age from being let loose that we're dealing with right now where the normal slouch towards Gomorrah that Robert Bork wrote about many years ago, that is the human condition for every culture post-Genesis chapter 3, becomes a flat-out sprint man to the finish line. Where the, the, where the restraints are loosened, removed altogether. Commence, and now it's just Caligula. That's where we are. I do think, uh, Dave Rubin fascinates me because of what uh steve you talk about all the time with critical thinking mm-hmm. he says great an example of critical thinking uh as i can think of in the last five years a, a person of prominence uh but i i also find and it's unfortunate he happened to be in dallas at the same time we were i mean you obviously were on the same set i i he was in a conversation i didn't have a chance to introduce myself and this wanted to come up anyways but i would i i firmly believe without apology that formalizing gay marriage unleashed all of this Mm -hmm. i agree and i that's not a comfortable conversation to have but i would be fascinated to hear a guy like dave answer that question while i just sat back and listened because it's it you know it's just once you say 
it isn't this, you know, because we've done it. We, people would say, oh, it's stop talking about three or four wives or something like this. That's not where this is going. Mm-hmm. And they think you're just crazy for Well, why am I crazy for asking that? But you're not crazy for saying, well, it's definitely got to be. You think it's definitely got to be two. The number two is sacrosanct somehow, but not the opposite genders. Well, then you've got you're holding on to some objective standards that's, that's still. A, let's explain. That's a great point. Here, here's why this is the case. The reason why this is the case is because we put the force of law behind our behind desires that God advises us or commands, don't do that. Okay? When you put the force of law behind that, this ceases being a private matter between me and my conscience and me and the God that I will be accountable to one day. It now becomes a matter for the rest of this public to now validate my conscience. It's not something that, while I would agree, ultimately, once we redefined marriage, we were going to always end up with the road of redefining gender, because what we're really saying is it isn't really as the natural inclination for men to like women and women to like men. But that's, that is its own separate manifestation. If we did this with adultery, if we did this with polygamy, Pick any other manifestation Mm -hmm. of this. We'd end up in a place very similar to this. Once you put the force of will behind my desires that are outside of the moral norm, there's always then going to be conflict. Those who hold on to those moral norms. If the law is compelling, coercing, and and upholding my, my morality... If you oppose that morality, if I'm on the side of the quote unquote law, my morality is, mm-hmm. and you oppose that morality, what are you the, what are you on the opposite side of then? Guilty. You're the opposite side yeah, of the law. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. So it's not, this isn't unique. The, the, the trans thing is a unique um, bastardization of the homosexual movement. And that's why you can even see people that are adamantly for the homosexual movement. Andrew Sullivan, mm-hmm. J.K. Rowling are wrestling with this because they, wait a minute. So now gender doesn't matter at all. Then I mean, what the hell was the whole gay rights movement about then, right? But then you're in this okay. tough position of arguing for a fixed standard, yes, and that's what you, you pushed aside. Yes, you are. But once we, if, but but if we made this the the if we decided as a society were to teach all of our kids that adultery is great in school, we're gonna we're gonna teach our kid we're gonna polygamy is the new law. The, it, the same problem would end up with those of us that wanted that were like, man, I got enough problems with my own sin in my own life without imposing my sin on everybody else. So I'm going to be no on that, but thank you. If you're on the, if, if they've got the law backing them, then guess what you are? You're outside the law. You're guilty. You're the lawless, right? And all societies decide eventually that those on the opposite side of the law have fewer rights than those that are on the right side of it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of whether the law is on the right side of the law mm-hmm. or not. We could never, we were never going to avoid these conversations. Once we decided the state could be a coercive force in these matters, we were never going to get around this. This idea that there was going to be some libertarian solution of we just don't have any marriage laws or anything of that nature was never going to work. You're up against, I got a, I got a brilliant email from a buddy of mine, guy you guys know, by the way, trying to figure out how to get around big tech censorship and how, you know, and his idea is brilliant, but I told him, here's the problem. It's not enough for us to even just launch our own big tech platform. We have to monetize it. 
What if all? What if the banks get pressured? Hey, we're not going to handle any of the money. Okay, we can't crowdsource it. All the crowdsources say we're not going to let you uh, uh, use our platform. So we create our own crowdsource. Well, you can't put the app in the app store. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You're literally. We have literally have to create a wholly separate economy. Because start your own gold standard, Steve. Yes. Start your own country, Steve. <laughs> yes, because what we're up against is a religion. Yeah. And and religions don't typically, and this is dude, the Christian religion has a history of not of some of its worst moments when it wasn't willing to accommodate any level of dissent once whatsoever. If you want to look at the worst tyrannies in human history, you'll find when the church exceeds its its civic mandate. There's tyranny. And when the state exceeds its civic mandate into the church, there's tyranny. When these two entities overextend their God-given divine roles, you'll always get tyranny. Sometimes they're called inquisitions, antifadas. Sometimes they're called statist crackdowns, empires. But they always are tyrannical to some extent. It's not... Religions have to go through quite a bit to agree to some form of accommodation. I mean, the Catholics and the Protestants painted the fields of Europe red for centuries. Mm -hmm. Worshipping a Messiah who said, they will know you by your love for each other. Okay? It's not easy for any religion, no matter its orthodoxy, to understand some level of accommodation, let alone one being propelled by a spirit of the age like this one is. More of your feedback here in a moment. Stay tuned. The truth. Straight. No chaser. Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network. You know, it's not often you get to put the words healthy and delicious in the same sentence together, but you can with our friends at Built Bar. It's the best protein bar you've ever had. The most nutritious candy bar you've ever tried. Now, it's not technically a candy bar, but the way it tastes, the texture, you're going to feel like it. It's going to seem like it is because it's that good. Over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate. The ears and daughters were like, I don't know, man, we're athletes. We need protein bars. We hear you guys talking about it. It can't be that good. So I hooked them up with one of the regular everyday flavors, mint brownie. You're my daughter's dealer. That's right. I'm the new pusher now. Yes. And the new decadent uh, chocolate chip cookie dough flavor, and they're all in right now. They are. The order will be forthcoming. It's a fantastic product. Over 20 flavors, all covered. Now, I need to tell you, because we're getting into spring, weather's getting warmer. If you're getting this, because you can only get it at BuiltBar.com, you're getting shipped to your house. Make sure you don't just leave them out there now, because these things are all covered in chocolate. You don't want them to melt on you, okay? Over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate, 160 calories or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, three to five net carbs, that's it, in every bar. So any lifestyle, low carb, low sugar, low cal, that you're looking to live a little healthier, and you're like, what do I do with my sweet tooth? You do Built Bar. That's what you do right now. Oh, let me also mention this, because for some of us, this is important. Easy on the tummy. There's a lot. There's there's some other good tasting protein bars out there that are not as good as this one that are not as easy on the tummy. 
this one is. BuiltBar.com. B-U-I-L-T. That's how it's spelled. BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code DACE to get 15% off. Promo code DACE, my last name, get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's get to some more Feedback Friday. Let's try to get through as many of these as we possibly can. Jacob says, I was raised in a not-so-serious Christian home when I was 19. I finally found my way back to God. I hated discussing politics for as long as I could remember. Um, But when the Covington kids got reamed by the media, I knew I had to finally join the fight. I know that fighting for the truth is righteous, but it's starting to divide my family on an ideological level. We have a Christian view on many things, but some hold liberal mindsets, such as putting emotions over facts, like the issue of minimum wage and other socialist ideals. Needless to say, it's causing tension and division between me and some of my family. My question for you guys is, I know that loyalty is supposed to be before God and follow the truth over the lie, but... I've, and I've, but I've dealt with division in my family before, and it's so old that I'm honestly numb to it. Is this problem unavoidable? How do I continue to have a relationship with my liberal family members? It seems the subject of politics always comes up, and I tend to try to obliterate their blasphemic narrative with facts. I'm glad none of the three of us know anybody whatsoever <laughs> prone to behave in such really a douchebag manner. Anyway, um, Jacob, not saying I do, but I may, I may have a scant bit of personal experience with this. Okay. First thing, Jacob, um, don't blow up a family gathering over your views on the minimum wage. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. No civilization has ever assumed the position at Wikipedia because of the minimum wage. All right. Not saying it's not garbage economics or anything of that nature, but there's the judge of history is not like, you know what, man, you guys figured out the right complementarian role for the sexes. You guys have nailed it on the family values and really, really appreciate how you care for the elderly and infirm. But $21 minimum wage, see in hell. That's not how it works, okay? All right. That's so... Suddenly, I kind of want to be in that conversation. <laughs> yeah. So first of all, your name's Jacob. You can't help it. You're a victim. Your name means one who wrestles with God, all right? So you're ready to pounce, okay? But um, what's your hierarchy of values? Hey, man, one of your neighbors says, I don't know, maybe those babies don't deserve to live. Eh, might be, that might be worth, and being, being that it's Christmas and all, and we're here to celebrate the birth of a newborn baby king, uh, it, that might be something worthy of, or, you know, I think those black people should still be slaves. I don't know, I might blow up a family uh, gathering over something like that, y'all. Is yeah. that okay? Yeah. But the minimum wage. Nah. So have a hierarchy of values. What's essential and non-essential, huh, huh, huh? We've been using those terms a lot these days, but seriously, what what's in your open hand and closed hand? All right, the things that are your convictions and then your positions. All right, and start with that. Number two, remember, do you, the, is the goal here to win the argument or to win the person? Okay, so check your motivations. Is do you want to win the argument or win the person? If you want to win the person, you're going to behave differently than if you want to win the argument. But think of that after you have your convictions and positions. Because if you put that first, then you'll go to not arguing anything. Well, I don't want to alienate people. You know, I don't want to be the bad guy. No, don't be a wimp. All right? But, um, I mean, if they don't want to talk about it, good way for them is then don't bring it up. 
I mean, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, they're bringing it up too. So it's not like, hey, they, they get oh. to talk about it, but you don't. But just, um, it's not worth blowing your family up over the minimum wage uh, or will Social Security exist or anything like that. Okay. Uh, and then, so have priorities in order, but then, and then after that, have your motivations in check. That's my advice. As someone who may know someone well that at times has not handled these sorts of situations well. Uh, Dave Whalen uh, says, I appreciate your comments on Texas and how free we aren't down here. I've lived in Texas a total of five and a half years due to military uh, engagement. Family member is active duty. Within the first year, I had a sense that Texas freedom was a fraud. And over the years, it's been confirmed to me. It mainly manifested itself to me in the forms of gun liberty and abortion. During our first assignment in Texas under Obama, I saw several states pass constitutional carry legislation, which affirms the people's right to carry a firearm unlicensed without legal consequence. During Trump, I believe more states moved that way. Meanwhile, Texas managed to simply add open carry to the license we're required to get in order to carry a firearm. On abortion, a young man named Jeremiah Thomas used his make-a-wish to call Greg Abbott from his deathbed. Uh, and there, Greg Abbott promised the dying boy he would honor his wish by abolishing abortion in the state of Texas. What was the result of that promise? Crickets. He has not moved in any meaningful way to eliminate death-killing or child-killing in the state. The Republican legislature regularly works to silence conservatives and elect squish leadership. Meanwhile, Governor Abbott's priority seems to be to attract Californians to Texas along with their companies, which is incredibly apparent. When you peruse the local Facebook neighborhood groups, exposing about 80% of the city's populations to be somewhere on the higher end of the Karen spectrum. It has become apparent to me that Abbott has become little more than a whore for California businesses and federal money. I hear Chad Prather is running, though, so I'll be voting for him if he's available. Yikes. Yikes. That's a... That's a harsh review of the Greg Abbott tenure. But I didn't say it was incorrect. I mean, hey, if, if if you live in if you live in Massachusetts and you're Republican governor's Charlie Baker, you're all like, dude, why are you guys dogging Greg Abbott? I mean, that's fair, right? Mm-hmm. But but uh, Greg Abbott ain't governor of Massachusetts, is he? No, he's governor of Texas. So, I mean, even yesterday, you've got Ron DeSantis hosting a public forum with major lockdown skeptics who are also from some of the top-rated universities in the United States, Harvard, Stanford, etc. Why wasn't Greg Abbott doing that like last mm-hmm. year instead of outdoor mask mandates in the summertime? Where's it, where, was it, where do you think it was politically easier to push back on lock, the, cult, the lockdown cult? If you're the governor of Texas or the governor of Florida? Who do you think's probably got the easier road to do that? Texas. Yeah, well, that's not even, it's not even close. And Not wh- even close. And why, the more I hear about it, if you were just dropped blindfolded and opened your eyes, why is your experience of going to the University of Texas the same as if you were in Madison or Ann Arbor? That should just not be. Yep. You should start going through, Board of Regents, start going through that course catalog. Now, out. You know, this is insane. You cannot have uh, that. Is there any more notable publicly funded institution than a state university well what does it stand for who is it drawing to it what is it who are and what are its products i don't you got a huge problem there in i mean this is why i don't mess with texas or my new york tough stuff you got a bunch of stereotypes you're not living up to and they were good stereotypes damn it start living up to them 
Yeah, I remember the day that uh, Texas rescinded its statewide max, ma- mask mandate. <sighs> some some dude, a listener, bless his heart, came at us on Twitter and said um, something along the lines of, I can't wait to hear Steve's lengthy polemic uh, with Todd's mindless ascents and Aaron's snickers in the background about how far Texas has fallen now. Uh, just kidding, but seriously, Texas is better than Iowa. Eh, 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 eh. Are you sure about that? Did you guys see what, what uh, DeSantis, DeSantis did last week? We, it just so much going on, we didn't mention it. But he just ended essentially any enforcement mechanisms for you to be able to fine or punish yeah. people for violating any of the mitigation mm-hmm. standards. So essentially the mask stuff, even on a county level or anything, it's just all unenforceable. I can't do anything to you if you just if you violate it. So say we all. Indeed. Mike Brinson wants to know, based on what you said, what you guys said a few weeks ago about Newsmax, you say that organization that organization went to the place its audience wanted it to go and then pulled back because of fears from big tech. And now they're mushy middle pastel colors. I didn't say they were mushy middle, but I did say they had been pastel colors. Newsmax is Newsmax is not mushy middle. It's just dialed down its messaging, clearly. But just before you said this, you explained why your show doesn't go there anymore because you'd lose your major monetization source. If that's the case, do you feel like your show is hanging around the mushy middle? If so, and if you're playing it safe, safe, I hope you let it rip and say, damn the torpedoes and say the things you know to be true, the truth straight, no chaser. If you truly believe there was voter fraud to the point of changing the outcome of the election, I believe there was voter fraud that changed the outcome of the election. I've been saying that since the morning after the election. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, um, it seems like if that was something you feel convicted about, that should be the primary objective of your show, because if true, the consequences are monumental. I hope you reconsider your approach and make waves. Your monetization will ebb and flow, but you'd be a beacon of truth. You're, are you okay? Is this for real? Is this letter for real? Well, here's why I read this, because I think it is fair to make have us reconcile the same problems we're facing that we talked about with Newsmax. I think that's fair game. It, but okay. you did that in real time right. when you did this. He just listened the right past be, it. The difference between me and Newsmax is Newsmax went with the entire Dominion story, narrative. I never did. Because I don't think it, first of all, I don't know what it is. I don't, I don't know what it is. I have no way of knowing that. What I do know is math. I know election math. And the election math doesn't add up. I said it on election night while we were doing it in real time for, what, eight hours here on The Blaze. I said it the next morning. I've said it every day that it's come up ever since. The math doesn't add up. It doesn't add up that Joe Biden won this election fair and square. And I absolutely believe that they harvested ballots in the counties that they dominate in states they had to win. Like Fulton County, Georgia. Wayne County, Michigan. I absolutely believe they did that. And that's why they won. Um, Isn't the demonetizing thing he's referring to? My memory is clear on that. Facebook. He talked about Facebook and you yeah. said, well, here's the problem. It's not just my page. Yeah, thank you they for bringing that up. They do the entire yes. blaze and that's really not my decision to make alone to yes. demonetize. Yeah. I mean, you said that out loud. That's the point. On this show, one day... And you took it back immediately after sleeping on it. And this yep. was a totally different show. You said, I might just talk about seven things in the overtime. And then you went back the next day and said, ah, oh, the hell with that. Yeah, screw them. Yeah, so other that. than that, nothing yep. about this show has changed. No, uh, but I, 
I'm allowed to say whatever I, I don't, I'm not an employee of the blaze. I own this show. They just agree to carry it. Um, if they agreed not to carry it or if they didn't want to carry it anymore, we'd either find somebody else to carry it or we would just be doing this, um, you know, um, shoestring on a shortwave radio, (laughs) but we own the show. All right. My business owns this show. They just, they buy it from me. That being said, though, I am part of their overall team here. And I, or any, and this goes for everybody, by the way. It's not just like Steve, Steve Dace colors outside the lines. Same thing happens to Mark Levin, mm-hmm. Stephen Crowder, anybody else. They could use that to demonetize the entire platform. So I do have, I, I, I put upon myself the responsibility. The courtesy. Of, of not having everybody go down with me if I'm not 150% sure that it is worth it does that does that better answer your question but i didn't have a question okay you're right but mike i think brings up a valid point which is how do we reconcile our own um path in these in these waters and i think that if i had to if i had to just be brutally honest i think newsmax saw a moment to 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 raise its stakes it's been looking for the right moment to pounce to go after fox from the right which is smart Thought that this was it, and went all in on the Sidney Powell, Mike Lindell, um, and Dominion. By the way, Mike Lindell just hired Alan Dershowitz, guys. Remember Cracking I said, update. Yeah, remember I said, hey, I kind of like the fact they filed the suit against him because unlike yeah. Lindsey Powell or Sidney Powell, he's got the kind of cash to go get some real representation on this puppy. Did you see that? Oh, I did. And then he, did, he ain't he ain't messing around going to hire an Alan Dershowitz, former mob lawyer, uh, Harvard law professor. All right, so uh, Mike Lindell, that was Mike Lindell's version of you want to get nuts? Yeah, let's get nuts. Yeah, I know. Right. I'm I'm coming in with the Sean Penn character from uh, what was the mob movie where Penn played Alan Dershowitz with. Uh, Al Pacino back in the uh, the nineties. Do you remember what mob movie that was? Penn, Penn played Penn Dershowitz? played Alan Dershowitz in that film. Yeah. Oh okay. wow! Did not know. And that. I just can't remember the name of it. But uh, Lindell was like, "All right, let's do this. I'm in." You know, so that might actually get a little bit of fun. You're not okay? talking about like Donnie Bosco. Are no, you? it wasn't that one. Uh, Carlito's way. Carlito's way is the one. Yeah, really. Yeah, that, that just just came to me. Yes. Wow. But uh, Sean Penn plays Alan Dershowitz in that film. So. And so maybe we'll get somewhere on it, but I don't. I don't need any Dominion, the, you know, um, conspiracy that may or may not be true. I can just do the math on election night, look at how many laws they actually violated. Which, by the way, the courts are now saying you guys violated the laws. A couple of them have said this in Michigan already, right? Okay, so I just need that. But there are some things, and I've already told you the gender thing. I'll burn everything down over that. I've already been on the record, mm-hmm. said that on the record. So that's for everybody that also works around me. If you want to know what line will I absolutely say if we cross this man, we're kicking the tires and lighting the fires. The gender thing is it. All right. I'm lighting it up if we do that, because that's really the last remaining latch of civilization in America is that get rid of that. And there's, there's nothing left. There's no reality left, but I have to also manage as everybody else does working with me and other, on other shows, the responsibility of, they could use me to deplatform the people around us. So it's not just me going down. Is that it? That the music for the end? Yep. All right. 
Um, that'll close us out. I want to thank everybody for joining us here today on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. We are back at it again tomorrow. Or no, Monday. Back at it again on no Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> We're off Monday, too, for the tournament. Back at it again on Tuesday. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.